Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their worlds. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. Getting back on the horse, or you could just say quickly recovering from adversity. Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. Each and every week, we dive into a leadership competency from The Complete Leader. It's the book. If you've got the book, great, but definitely listen to the podcast every week to learn how to grow your leadership. And we have the conversation with Ron Price. Ron's mission is helping leaders grow and change their worlds. He believes if you move the people, you move the numbers. Ron spent more than 35 years working with leaders to solve problems, pursue opportunities, learn new things, and implement change. He's held executive positions in both for-profit and not-for-profit organizations. He has extensive executive experience building leadership teams, expanding into multiple countries, and working in many different industries with private companies. He's the author of Treasure Inside and co-author of The Innovator's Advantage and The Complete Leader, Ron Price. Great to be with with you today. Thank you, Dale. That was so kind of you. I'd like to get to know this guy. <laughs> and humble too. So let's just dive right into our topic today. Uh, this is this is a great one. We're talking about resiliency. If you're following along in the Complete Leader book, this is 2.4. So uh, basically there are four areas in the book and within each area, a number of competencies that we look at. And so today we're going to focus on this idea of resiliency and, and, you know, I, it's self-evident why it's so important, but we always talk about talent and skill and where would you see this falling talent or skill? Dale, as with many of the skills that we talk about in the complete leader it's clear that people do have natural traits or natural patterns. So there's certain types of personalities that are just naturally going to be more resilient. They have the ability to bounce back. They don't get too preoccupied with what's not working. They tend to focus on more on the things that are working. So it's clearly a talent, which we would say is a naturally recurring trait that we can use to our advantage. But it's much more than that also, because it's something that you can learn. And no matter what your natural trait is, all of us can learn to be more resilient and we can develop it as a skill, which is what I call an increased learned capacity to perform. Yeah, it just occurred to me, if, if you think about it from a leadership perspective, I would say resilience is one of the more infectious traits. When, when people around you see you bounce back and be resilient in the face of of a struggle or a challenge, it's inspiring. It really is. I have a friend who was uh, working down in Haiti. He was a leader of a group and there was some uh, adversity that they were facing. They were facing some conflict with some of the, the uh, local leaders who were trying to keep them from doing good work with the folks that they were serving there. And at one point, the leader turned to those people that were part of his group. He said, look, keep your eyes on me. As long as I don't look scared, or I don't run away, you've got nothing to worry about. If all of a sudden I look scared, you better run fast. (laughs) (laughs) And it's exactly what you're talking about. It's an example of how oftentimes we lead by our determination, by our confidence, by our conviction that even though we're facing difficulties, we can keep going and we can still achieve the goal. And then you've got some great examples. Uh, Even a Winston Churchill speech 
Yeah, one is this is one of my favorites because it's a, a legend that I've heard repeated over and over again. In 1941, he was invited to be the commencement speaker at the Harrow School. And the story goes that he came with his cane and his hat and his cigar sticking out of his mouth. And he got up and walked to the lectern after he was introduced. And he took his hat off and set his cane down and took his cigar out of his mouth. And he said, never quit. Never quit. Never quit. And with that, he picked up his cane, put his hat back on, stuck his cigar in his mouth and went back and sat down. It's a great story. The problem is it's not exactly true. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't the shortest speech in history. (laughs) Well, it might have still been quite short. He did go on and speak for two or three more paragraphs, so it was still a very short speech. But the point is that the message that came across to people was that here was not just a person who was talking about resilience. Here was a person who led his whole country and to some extent represented the Western world, the free world, in leading them based on his perseverance, his commitment that even when the odds are against us because we know we're in the right, we will not quit. And that message continues to ring through today. So it really is a great way to think about how important resilience is. Sometimes it is the deciding factor in whether or not we're successful or we fail as leaders. So let's dig in to how we grow this skill on our on our journey to becoming a, a complete leader. Well, first of all, you don't need resilience if you don't run into adversity. <laughs> so the implication is that part of leadership is bumping up against obstacles, that that leadership is never a smooth path and that you're going to run into problems. In a way, I think that if you don't run into problems, your vision probably isn't big enough because leadership is about creating change. It's about helping people go somewhere that they haven't gone before. And the reason that they haven't gone there before is because there is adversity. There are obstacles. So all leaders that are pursuing their potential, that are trying to be the best they can be, they're going to experience setbacks. They're going to have times when things don't work out for them. Now, I'm reminded, and this is a true story. This is not a myth of Thomas Edison when he was working on inventing the incandescent light bulb. He had failed many, many times, and the word started to get around that this guy seems to fail really well. <laughs> he seems he seems to keep repeating these failed experiments around inventing an incandescent light bulb. And a journalist was interviewing him about his work, and he said, you know, I've heard that you failed thousands of times how do you survive that? How, how do you keep coming back? And Thomas Edison said, actually, I believe I failed 10,000 times. But in fact, I didn't fail. I just identified 10,000 different ways that it doesn't work. <laughs> and his perseverance, his idea that failure is not final, but it's part of the journey. It's part of how you learn and get to the right answers eventually led him to being somebody that we recognize today because eventually he was successful in inventing that and in hundreds of other inventions as well. And it wasn't just that he saw that you had to keep trying. It was that he had this built into him and he continued to grow or to strengthen this idea that if it doesn't work, that doesn't mean I'm not going the right direction or that it's not worth it or that it's not going to. I just need to keep going and going and going. So resiliency begins with understanding that setbacks are part of being a leader. Matter of fact, I was recently interviewed by somebody who asked me, uh, I thought, an interesting question. She said, Ron, do you think that 
in order to be a leader, you have to suffer. And I thought about that and I said, no, I don't think you have to suffer to be a leader, but I think you have to suffer to be a mature leader. And resilience is how you handle that suffering. And I'm thinking about this idea of, of accepting the setback because oftentimes as a, a leader, and I, I'm speaking for myself, but I have a feeling that it, it applies to a lot of our listeners. It's really easy to get focused on the setback and get focused on the challenge and the struggle when uh, we ought to be focusing on the next step. Yeah, and we all face it. And, and obviously, when we're talking about uh, the temptation to quit or this focus on the struggle, we have to talk about our emotions because our emotions play a big part in resilience. And uh, there are a lot of different ways of describing emotions, but I like seven primary emotions that I've seen written about by psychologists. They talk about three positive emotions that tend to give us more resilience and four negative emotions that if we're not careful, they will steal our resilience. So the three positive emotions are love, joy, and hope. And they actually list them as a hierarchy that love creates the most energy. So if we have loving relationships, if we have positive, strong relationships that are that energize us, that's a great source of resilience. Joy is recognizing what we've accomplished and taking the time to celebrate it, taking the time to reflect on what we've done well, what has worked for us. And hope is an expectation that we're going to be able to do good things in the future. So the more that we can nurture or cultivate these emotions in our day-to-day work, the greater resilience we're going to have. The four negative emotions that tend to steal from our resilience, and I'm going to list these in a hierarchical way with the least damage to the most damage. So the first is sadness, which is really the consequence, the emotion that we experience when something doesn't work out. The second is envy. It's the emotion we experience when we want something that somebody else has, and we think it's unfair that they have it and we don't. Anger is the emotion we experience when things don't work our way and we become impatient or upset about it. And fear is the emotion we experience when we're afraid that we're going to fail and that we're going to let people down or let ourselves down. So these four emotions steal from our resilience, whereas the first three emotions, love, joy, and hope, add to our resilience. Uh, For me, it's a great way to think about how you build more resilience because it's both an act of your will And it's an expression or a a way that you um, organize yourself around these emotions. And then it's some practical things that you can do to develop more resilience over time as well. Listening to you and what you're saying, it's it's failure equals learning and see ourselves as survivors, not victims in the face of adversity. Yeah, that's really a great statement, Dale. I'm glad you thought of it because I hadn't, but it's really true that the moment you begin to identify as a victim, you are really putting your resiliency at risk. If you see yourself as a survivor or a conqueror would be another way to Mm. say it, that every obstacle in front of us, every setback, every time that we're disappointed, that's just another opportunity for us to conquer, to to rise above something, to respond out of our convictions and our values and our vision instead of reacting to the circumstances that we're facing. And it's very true. If you can listen to your self-talk and determine whether or not it's the talk of a victim or a victor, 
it makes a big difference in staying on the pathway of great resilience. You know, one of the great stories I think of, which is not a part of business, but it's still, I, I it, it impacted me at such a deep level, was back in um, the 1981-82 NFL playoff game where the San Francisco Chargers were playing the Miami Dolphins. And Kellen Winslow, uh, who was a tight end, I watched him get injured, get carted off the field, come back in, get injured, get carted off the field. And this game, it's one of the most uh, amazing playoff games in NFL history. It went to three overtimes. And during that period of time, he... (laughs) He was treated for a pinched nerve in the shoulder. He had cramps from dehydration. He received three stitches in his lower lip because it got cut. And over and over and over again, he was carried off the field and brought back on. And he kept coming back and not just being present, but performing at an amazing level where he blocked a field goal. He caught a number of catches, his yardage total after those catches. It was just an amazing story of somebody who is resilient. And I think of that and I think, can I demonstrate that kind of character and that kind of skill in the way that I live my life? And it, we're just, we're creatures of want. You know, we, we want things to be easy. We want everything to work out. And some of us begin to realize that embracing hardship and embracing difficulty builds this kind of resilience that gives us the ability to go to a place that we never would ever be able to go otherwise. And he's a great example of it, even though it's not business itself. I, I think of another example, somebody who was a client of ours during the Great Recession, 2008, 2009, and 10. This uh, company was growing very fast coming into the Great Recession. As a, as a matter of fact, they had tripled in size over a three-year period while we were working with them. And the Great Recession hit, and it hit their industry particularly hard And within six months, this owner, his business was back to the size it was before the recession took effect. For most people, that would be the time to say, you know what, it's a bad business right now. It's a bad industry. I'm in. I'm just going to give up. I'm going to go find something else to do that's not so hard. But I admire his tenacity. I admire that he had this never give up kind of attitude. And he kept looking for ways to come back and to be a victor and not a victim. And he recreated his business inside the same industry. And about four years later, he was larger than he had ever been before, even before the recession hit. And I so admire that trade in him and the way that he's honed it into a learned capacity so that people trust that when they follow with him, that they're not going to get sidelined by obstacles, but they're going to find a way to get over, under, or through them along the way. So let's get practical about how we develop more resiliency in our lives. So the first step is self-care. And I think a lot of people think resiliency is about just toughing it out. And of course, you do have to be able to be tough. But the reality is that if you're tough all the time, you're reducing your resiliency. You, you have to find this rhythm of rest and stress or rest and exercise. So I think of it oftentimes the way that a bodybuilder builds up strength. They get most of their new strength in their muscles during the recovery period. So they stress their muscles, but not to the point of injury. And then they have a period of recovery. And that rhythm of stress recovery, stress recovery makes them stronger and stronger and stronger. And this, I believe, is one of the ways that you build more resilience yourself is first make sure that you're exercising good self-care that when you think about how you 
um, plan your time, how you rest, how you eat, drinking plenty of water, how you manage your and, and, and work with and strengthen your emotions. You think of all the things that are related to self-care. They're the first step in building more resiliency. Number two is have a clear picture of where you're going because part of what gives you the ability to be more resilient is you have a clear picture of the end. You have a clear picture of what the goal is. And even though it never happens exactly the way we've planned it, that picture of your destination has a huge impact on your ability to be resilient. I just think of a lot of the trips that I've taken with my family on the road. And, you know, I get so zeroed in on our destination. Maybe it's going to be Disney World or maybe it's going to be uh, visiting uh, one of our parents or whatever the destination is. It pulls me toward it because I have that vision of where I'm going to end up. And that creates a lot of resilience to keep going and going and going as you go through these different adversities. Number three, demonstrate a commitment in the way that you organize your life around what matters most. So think about what are the one or two most important things for you to work on today or this week or this month and develop this discipline of letting the other smaller issues that might distract you fall to the wayside. We can never do everything as leaders, so we have to decide what's most important to do. And I love one of the old statements from a preacher. He said, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And that really does help to build more resilience if you don't lose focus on what's most important for you to invest yourself in in a particular period of time. And then finally, um, I recommend that you study the other skills that help leaders to lead themselves. Because if you develop more personal accountability, that's going to help you have more resilience. If you increase your self-management skills, your ability to execute around your priorities, that gives you more resilience. If you understand how and where to be flexible and to adapt to the different circumstances, that gives you more self-resilience. And if you have great goal achievement skills, that gives you more resilience. So these skills serve each other. They overlap and help each other. And yet resilience is probably the one that often leads the way to your greatest victories. That is a a great way to wrap up this podcast. Thank you so much. We've been working through the idea of resiliency. It's uh, section 2.4 in the complete leader of the book that Ron co-authored with Randy Lisk. I encourage you definitely pick up that book if you haven't. Uh, But as you can tell just from listening to the podcast, the, uh, the information in this podcast stands on its own. So, Ron, thank you so much. Any final words for us? Thank you, Dale. Well, I, I guess uh, today ask yourself, what is it that I could accomplish if I had a little bit more resilience and I didn't, I, I put a little bit more effort into it and I didn't back off because I saw what the prize was on the other side. If you approach each day that way, over time, the accumulated benefits of that resilience is going to make you the best possible leader that you can be. Absolutely. This is the Complete Leader Podcast. Everything you need to become a high-performing leader, we encourage you to visit the website, thecompleteleader.org. All one word, thecompleteleader.org. Also, visit Price Associates. Uh, learn more about Ron, his team, what they can do for you and your company. That's price-associates.com. Read Ron's latest book, The Innovator's Advantage, with co-author Evans Baya. Also, if you'd rate and review this podcast in the iTunes store, we would be most grateful to help us make this information available to more and more people, uh, the more ratings and reviews we accumulate. Make it a great week. Bye.
resilient. This is the Complete Leader Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org.